So today we are continuing with our special guest, Garth Steele, on this subject of the basics of accounting and taxes for businesses. So if you have questions regarding incorporating or not partnerships or not when to do that, and more especially for this episode, if you have questions regarding HST, stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110. This is the show where you get Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember the Lord your God who enables you, who gives you that capacity to thrive and be an agent of transformation in your family, in your community, and in your city. My name is Bull Kire. I'm your host for this show, Thrive 1110. And you can catch up on previous episodes by going on the chri.ca website or thrive1110.ca, that is thrive1110.ca. And if you have questions regarding this subject that we've been talking about, regarding business structures, um, uh, incorporating or not, partnership or not, uh, sole proprietor, when to make the switch, etc., write your questions um, to me there at uh, thrive1110.ca or directly email me, that's bold at thrive1110.com. So we are continuing on this subject today. And thank you, Garth, for being here. My pleasure. And uh, for those of you who uh, haven't listened to the first episode, Garth is um, a a seasoned, a really top-of-the-line accountant. And uh, he just retired uh, from Welsh, where he was a partner and uh, Garth has won many awards, taught many. He's actually a leader to other accountants. And uh, we have the honor, we have the privilege of having him with us uh, to help gain some more clarity on these subjects. So, Garth, um, the last episode, you, you shared with us some of these things regarding uh, incorporation and partnership. And we started talking about HST. So, so can you just... Remind us some of the stakes regarding HST. You mentioned something in regards to if you don't do these things right, you can end up paying a lot more than you should. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, HST has, um, I'll say, three implications. Number one, you have to make sure you're collecting HST on the proper revenue streams. Some are taxable and some are not. If you were doing a house cleaning, house cleaning is subject to HST. But if you're doing daycare for a five-year-old, that's exempt from HST. Or if you go to a grocery Mm. store and buy uh, a head of lettuce, that is what's called zero-rated. So every revenue is different. And uh, you have to make sure you're collecting the right HST on the proper revenue streams. The part two is your expenses. You are paying Mm -hmm. HST on your expenses. Nobody has Mm -hmm. the ability to not pay HST. So you pay HST on your rent, your commercial rent for your office. You would pay HST on your phone bill. You would pay HST when you buy a new computer or office furniture. Mm -hmm. And you pay HST on inventory 
that you buy for resale. But the good news is for a business that collects HST on its revenue, you get to claim back from the government all the HST you pay on your expenses. Mm. And then you remit the mm. difference to the government. So it's, uh, mm. it's a value-added tax where you are paying tax, but you get it back. Mm. And then you collect it on your revenue, subtract the HST that you've paid from the HST you've collected, and remit the difference to the government. Mm. And that accounting can mm. be tricky. And other businesses that do not collect HST on the revenue do not get uh, HST back on their expenses as long as the revenue is exempt versus zero rated. So, for example, mm. a grocery store or a pharmacy mm. who do not charge HST on prescriptions or basic groceries, those services or goods are zero rated, which means they are taxable mm. for HST, but at a zero percent rate, which means mm. the pharmacy and the grocery store gets to claim back the HST it pays on its expenses. Whereas mm. a daycare provider or a dentist or a doctor, their services are not subject to HST because they are exempt, not zero rated. So a doctor, mm. a dentist, a daycare provider, or a residential landlord, because residential mm. rent is not subject to HST, it is exempt. Mm. They do not get to claim back the HST they pay on their expenses. So it's it's wow. a tricky situation. That's a that's a very, very important distinction between zero rated and exempted. Because from from what I understand you're sharing, zero rated means you are subject like meaning you, you are uh, um collecting HST but at the at a zero percent rate right. which enables you to claim back HST that you paid uh, for for whatever expenses you had versus exempt, meaning you are not required to charge HST, but it also means you cannot claim HST uh, back from your expenses. So that's a very important distinction to make and, and, and people uh, should know if they are like if they are required to charge that 13% or whatever or zero if they are zero rated or if they are exempted and what the implications are on their on their on the entire finances of uh, of their businesses and uh, you talked about some revenue threshold you mentioned something like that can you tell us a bit more about those like what that is right so you do not have to register to collect HST mm -hmm. if your taxable mm -hmm. revenue is under $30,000 per year. You're not required to register. So if that's what they consider mm -hmm. to be a small business. And if your taxable mm -hmm. revenue is less than $30,000, even if it would normally mm -hmm. be taxable for HST purposes, you do not have to register and collect the tax. There are some exceptions to that. For example, taxi drivers, even if you were a taxi driver that made 10 grand a year, you have to collect tax from the first dollar. And the idea behind that is you don't want to go out of a, go out of a hotel and grab a taxi and find out here's the line of taxis that are registered for HST 
Here's the line of taxis <laughs> that are not registered for HST, and which one do you pick? Exactly. So, um, yeah, 30,000. And the key is that includes multiple uh, business sources. So if you had two different businesses, maybe you were uh, doing snow plowing in the winter and mm -hmm. you were doing um, uh, exterior painting in the summer and you were considering mm -hmm. those as two different businesses. From an HST perspective, they're both taxable and you have to add up both forms of revenue to determine if you have exceeded the $30,000 threshold. Wow. And if you have, then you need to collect the HST on both services, on both businesses. Even if you consider them separate, uh, you have to add up the total income of both because you are basically involved in both of them. Exactly. And the $30,000, which is called the small supplier threshold, is... Um, you need to share that amongst an associated group. So if you owned a corporation mm -hmm. that was already registered for HFC and you personally were, um, for example, renting your car to the corporation or renting an office building that you owned to the corporation and your rental income was under 30000 you still have to register because you own the corporation. And the 30000 is on an associated basis. So between you mm -hmm. and the corporation you own, you're over 30000 mm -hmm. So both the individual and the corporation must be registered. Wow. And so what happens if, if somebody doesn't, if a business doesn't? Now, so we said in the previous episode that that applies to both corporations and partnerships. And I'm assuming it applies also to sole proprietors. Yes. Now, what happens if, if somebody reaches that threshold, uh, an entity reaches that threshold and doesn't register? What happens? That's the problem. So you have to, um, mm. uh, to, to uh, see if you have exceeded the small supplier threshold. At the end of every mm. calendar quarter, you need to look back mm. over your shoulder and say in the previous four quarters or the previous 12 mm. months, did I go over 30,000? If you did, mm -hmm. then you have to register. You get one month of grace. So if you happen to do that analysis at the end of June and mm -hmm. say, oh, I went over, then you July is free and you have to be registered. You're deemed to be a registrant as of August 1st. But okay. if you look over your shoulder and say, I did not go over 30,000 in the previous four mm -hmm. quarters, then you are. Uh, free for the next quarter, July, August, September, mm -hmm. and then you do another test. So it's um, it's it's not you don't have to track the sales to say when I hit thirty, I must go over, I must register. Mm -hmm. You actually get a grace period of a whole a whole quarter, mm -hmm. and then if you do the test and find out you went over thirty, then you've got one month mm -hmm. of grace and must register. The only exception to that is if you go over mm -hmm. 30,000 within a quarter, mm -hmm. within three months, if you earn 30,000 mm -hmm. of taxable revenue within that quarter, then you must register with the transaction that put you over the 30,000 threshold. Oh, wow. But that's so, okay, so within a quarter, quarter you go over 
within that single quarter, you go over the, the threshold of 30,000, which means you must register with the transaction that puts you over that threshold. So, so how does that mean practically? Because the transaction has already happened. Yeah. Does that mean you, you need to go back and, and, and now pay out of pocket? So it becomes kind of a, an expense and therefore entitles you also to go back and claim since that time the HST that you paid in your expenses. So how does that work practically? Yeah, so uh, technically speaking, yes, that transaction mm-hmm. to put you over the threshold, you must go back and remit mm-hmm. HST on it. But you are technically allowed mm-hmm. to go back and charge your customer as well. Now, if your customer, <laughs> if you're dealing business to business, then your customer mm-hmm. may be able to claim an input tax credit for that HST. They may mm-hmm. be able to get it back anyway. So it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter to them. But if you're dealing with mm-hmm. a consumer, then yeah. it may be something you want to take out of your own pocket so you don't have to go mm-hmm. back and tell the consumer, oops, I forgot to tell you, I, <laughs> I have to add 13% on the bill. Yeah, that wouldn't be really a good news. And I'm not sure it really be a good uh, business uh, business move to make and go back to the consumer and say, hey, oops, let me charge you back uh, 13%. But we've seen, oh. I mean, uh, for sole proprietors, when at Welch, we do a personal income tax, and we have a, um, mm-hmm. a review process where if anybody mm-hmm. reports any self-employed income with gross revenue of over 30000 we do an analysis mm-hmm. to make sure that they were registered for HST at the appropriate point in time. And we find mm-hmm. dozens of businesses every year who have failed mm-hmm. to consider that they wow. were deemed to be a registrant, and we end up finding that they'll owe thousands of dollars of HST that they never thought about. Wow. Wow. Now, what does a business do when you find yourself in that situation that you you should have charged HST, you should have declared and remitted that money, but you didn't? What do you do when you are in that situation? Well, we help our clients to uh, do a voluntary disclosure with CRA to say, oops, we should have been registered on August the 1st of 2021. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. please backdate our registration to that date. And mm-hmm. here's the tax that we owe. And um, again, if you're dealing business to business, then it's what's mm-hmm. called a wash transaction, meaning that mm-hmm. even though you're collecting the tax, and remitting it to the government, your customer is going to claim an input tax credit. So the government mm-hmm. doesn't get any money out of it anyway. So yeah. in a wash transaction, you can uh, have mm-hmm. your penalties and interest reduced to uh, 4%, which is a lot less. But if you're dealing mm-hmm. with a consumer, then mm-hmm. there's penalties and interest to pay. Wow. That is... Uh, now... Garth, you talked about this 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 famous threshold, and uh, and you, you've helped us gain more clarity with that. The question I have: Let's say some a business is not is not making is not meeting that threshold um, when they look behind the, like the four quarters, the twelve month rolling period, but they want to be able to charge HST and claim HST on their expenses. Is that legal? Yes. You're absolutely allowed to register for HST mm-hmm. uh, from day one of business. 
And is um, mm. you don't even have to have uh, proof that you're making a profit. So even if your business is losing money in the first year mm -hmm. because you have a lot of startup expenses, you can still mm -hmm. register for HST, get back all the HST mm -hmm. on your expenses, but mm -hmm. the um, the HST you pay may be larger than the HST you collect, in which case the government yeah. will send you a check for the difference. So in in some so would you say it's it's a smart move to do that from the start, like for 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 businesses in any way? Yeah, if like you, without if you expect for, your business will grow to be over thirty yeah. thousand within the next year, do it from day one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so same principle. Well, maybe not for the same reasons as for the reasons for incorporating at day one, but if you're expecting your business to be generating like revenue that is subject to HST uh, over 30K, then it's good to do that from day one. Yes. And and you talk, in the, in the previous episode, Garth, you started talking about the differences between like, okay, if, if I'm in Ontario and have clients in Quebec or in Alberta or out of the country, like what do I do with these HST things? Yeah, it's really tricky. If you're uh, an Ontario-based <laughs> business, your tendency mm. would be to charge 13% to everybody. But mm. if you have a customer who is in the United States and you're doing mm. consulting service for them, then that service mm. can be zero rated, which means mm. it is taxable, but at the 0% rate. So you still get your input tax credits, which is the refund of mm. the HST you pay, but you do not mm. have to charge your customer. And the idea behind that is We want the Canadian government wants Canadian businesses to be able to provide mm. services around the world. And it would not mm. be fair if we were collecting a Canadian sales tax on some mm. customer who lived in Uganda. Yeah. Why would that be fair? So that's yeah. why it's zero rated. But uh, mm. within Canada, of course, every province has its own sales tax regime. And we have um, mm. uh, Newfoundland, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, and Ontario have mm. all harmonized mm. their provincial sales tax with the GST, which is now called HST. Mm. So in Ontario, the mm. rate is 13. But in Newfoundland, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and PEI, the rate is mm. 15%. So five of the 10 Canadian provinces have harmonized the tax, but the rate could be different. British Columbia mm -hmm. harmonized their tax years ago mm -hmm. and lasted about two years, mm -hmm. and then they went back to the old sales tax system. So mm -hmm. if you're a business in Ontario and you're selling goods to a customer in BC, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, mm -hmm. or Quebec, you may need to mm -hmm. register for the provincial sales tax in those provinces and collect wow. that tax as well. Wow. So you need to look into that if you have customers across the country. Now, Alberta mm. does not have a provincial sales tax, uh, but mm. Quebec does. The Quebec sales mm. tax is identical to the GST. Mm. So if something is subject to GST, it is subject mm. to Quebec sales tax, but it is a separate mm. registration. 
but you're only required to register for Quebec sales tax if you're a non-resident of Quebec, but you're carrying on a business in Quebec. But if you happen to have an occasional customer there, you do not have to register for QST. And then the rates of tax vary depending on the product. So if you were um, an engineer, a building engineer in Ontario, and you were working on a building in Alberta, but the the building in Alberta was owned by an Ontario company, you would Mm. only charge 5% GST and not the 13% HST because the Mm. 8% difference is the Ontario uh, component of the HST. So the Mm. uh, consulting services that relate to real property, you Mm. applied the tax rate Mm. based on the rate in the province where the real estate is located, regardless of where you are located as a as a supplier, and regardless of where the owner of the building is located, it's based on where is the real property. There is really a depth of information, and uh, well, if you're trying to figure that out on your own, all these details, especially if your business has dealings in other provinces or even out of the country, uh, I think it would be wise to consult uh, these experts uh, like Garth to really make sure you're doing the right thing from the get-go because the repercussions can be um, can be significant. Obviously, in the time that we have for this episode, we cannot go into a full-blown course on HST and how it applies to each of you. So let's go to our Let's Get Practical section. Bold. Let's get practical. And I'm going to try to sum up, see if I was a, I was a good student, uh, Garth, and I'm going to try to sum, sum some of these key information that you can take away and, uh, and use uh, for your own cases. So HST um, is something that applies to, uh, we're talking about Ontario, that applies to uh, uh, some types of um, revenue streams and some other types of revenue streams it doesn't apply. And for those revenue streams where it applies, you can have the full rate, which is 13%, or it could be zero rated. And in both cases, um, you apply the rate um, to your sales, but you get uh, to claim the HST on the expenses that that you paid because HST applies to your case. But if you're exempt and you're not required to collect HST because you're exempt, then you cannot um, claim HST uh, back uh, for the expenses you've paid. And uh, we talked about a threshold, a revenue threshold for for these revenue streams that are not exempt. Uh, The revenue threshold being 30,000 and that 30,000, it's over a rolling 12 month period. So at a given point, you look back during the last, the previous four quarters, if you've gone over 30,000, and then if you did, you have to apply, you have to register and start collecting HSC. But even then, you would have a month of grace, um, with the exception being that if you uh, really went over, like if you really had a 30,000 plus sales over one quarter, then you would be expected to register and to claim HST on the transaction 
uh, signing from the transaction that made you go past that 30,000 threshold. So that could mean going back and, uh, and asking the business that you, that you did business with, hey, like I should have charged you, in which case they wouldn't really uh, mind because they, if in mo- most likely they would also be uh, um, claiming uh, these from their expenses. So it'd be okay for them. But then a challenge happens when you're dealing with uh, individual uh, consumers in which case it would be kind of awkward to go back and say, oops, I need to charge you HSC. You would want to do it out of your own pocket and then claim from your expenses starting from that transaction that puts you over the 30K threshold. Then we also talked about these situations where there are assets and business and sales involved in multi-jurisdictions like different provinces and uh, even out of country. And uh, for those, I'm not going even to try to sum this up here because uh, I don't want you to think you know this thing and and try to figure out by yourself. You may be running into trouble. Consult the experts uh, to know what is really applicable in your case. If you're dealing uh, with clients, customers that are um, frequent out of uh, province, out of country, uh, or you have various assets located in different jurisdictions that are involved in your business, uh, you you might want to consider uh, consulting to do the right thing. And we also talked about the fact that if you start you're starting a business and your anticipation is that you are going to within the next twelve months hit the the thirty thousand threshold, it's good to be registered for the HST from the get-go, from day one. It's better to do that uh, because actually, even if you're at a loss, you can still, um, uh, and and your situation is really missed the criteria, uh, you can really claim HST back from the expenses you paid. And that is also, that is always a good thing. Have I missed something? uh? Excellent summary, Bold. Very good. Excellent. So any any call to action that you have for our listeners? Um, I would just encourage people to think of this as a quick introduction to HST, because when I teach HST courses, I uh, there's one that I teach each year that goes from 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock at night, 8 a.m. till 9 p.m., <laughs> five days in a row. So, you know, this 20-minute conversation is a quick summary of things. One thing I would want to encourage you to uh, to uh, look at is that you don't get to claim back all of the HST that you pay on expenses. For example, meals and entertainment, you can only get half of it back. And if you buy a car, uh, if you buy a Porsche versus a Toyota Camry, you can't get back all the HST on the Porsche because government <laughs> thinks you could do with the Toyota Camry. You don't need the Porsche. So there are restrictions. Dig into it deep if you have any questions. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Garth. This was really, really valuable, really deep. And uh, I'm sure you out there listening, you've really enjoyed um, these um, insights that we were able to get from Garth here today. And um, I want to encourage you to go out there and do it. You can do it, put into practice the things you've learned and the call to action from Garth. You can do it. It's in your hands. We'll support you. So take courage and do it. I know you can do it. I'm really glad you've been listening uh, because this is for you. This show Thrive 1110 is for you. It's really designed for you to thrive 
um, and designed to give you some tools, um, help you in going the right direction in um, your business. And uh, thank you, Garth, again for being here with us in this uh, two-part series that we we just uh, we're concluding right now. And you can go back and listen to the previous episode again, chri.ca, thrive1110.ca, and you can actually also catch it up on uh, your favorite uh, podcast uh, outlet, Spotify, Apple Post Podcast, Google Podcast, etc. And uh, tune in next week, same time, same station, for those of you listening on CHRI, for another episode of Thrive 1110. And my name is Paul Kerry, your host. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.